0: our heart and the walk of life be true to you we thank you Lord I pray Lord behind closed doors that our hearts are true to you thank you Lord we love you and we worship you thank you thank you Jesus The Holy Spirit reminded me of what he showed me five years ago. I was in the old room of our Bible studies in Wentworthville and I was preaching a very powerful message and Jesus was standing at the back of the door there and and he was watching me and he wouldn't come closer. But the the moment that I stopped preaching and we started to worship, he started to walk closer. The greatest way you can give glory to Christ is when you sing about his goodness and his kindness and his compassion. And he walked and all the people got healed as we're worshipping God. Because when you worship God, with all due respect, it's, it's not about you. When you worship him, you're pointed to what he done at the cross. There is no greater thing to worship God most of all through your heart. But when you worship Him, I'm telling you, bitterness is crushed. Lack of gratitude is crushed. And that turns into joy. Your heart turns into joy. Because that's something Satan cannot tolerate, is when you worship God in the midst of your problem, your trials, your challenges. I share a treasure with you that the Holy Spirit shared with me. That our source of deliverance, according to the book of Psalms, is worship. Our deliverance is in our worship. And how many people are stuck in this area when they face trials and challenges? They begin to try to take things in their own control and their own authority. Deliverance comes with worship because that's the source of faith. So I want to encourage you today. The Holy Spirit spoke to me when I was praying here from around quarter past six. He showed me that so many people are lacking the presence of God. They're so agitated in their natural man and they're struggling to push through the realm of the flesh to sit in his presence. And you have to train yourself to be in this area. Because the greatest way God reveals himself to you is in his presence. The Bible says in his presence is the fullness of joy. In his presence he makes known the path of life. You must understand this. You can watch a thousand sermons. But when you sit in the presence, the fullness of joy is manifested day by day. And he makes known the will that he has for you on earth. So if there's one place that the flesh will resist, or probably the most powerful place, it's the secret place. I share with you how I got formed by Christ. In this area, your cup will overflow. And I saw so many people here, especially during the break they fell from this area and they lacked intimacy in the presence of God get to this go back to this place don't let the fish conquer you because believe me frustration confusion worry doubt they are all found outside the presence So the greatest time spent, yes, we come to Bible studies, yes, we're the body of Christ, the bride, but the most important thing is the secret place with God. Before He's the God of open, He's the God of secret first. And you read this all all the way through the old and the new. Before God reveals Himself to you openly through your life, You must know him secretly first. And I encourage you today to take that step. The best time well spent is his presence. And if you're feeling agitated and you feel like there's a wrestle in your soul and you feel like things are falling apart invest your time in this. Because in this place, He quiets your soul. He quiets your soul. You begin to hear the heartbeat of Christ. And I I share this by experience. I made a decision in the beginning when I started my journey. I wish not to preach of something I don't walk. Because then I'm deceiving myself. Yes, God is merciful. He's full of compassion. But I wish to preach something that I walk and if there's something that God is striving for, as Tony s- spoke about on Sunday, is the intimacy and fellowship. And I encourage you, you get direction here, but I only direct, direct you to the source of maturity, the fellowship with Christ, the intimacy with the secret place. There he does an open heart surgery. And he works on every area of your life. Believe me. There joy and love reflects from his face. And I encourage you, if you don't do this, you will struggle for the rest of your life. Believe me. Invest your time in worshipping God openly. I spent months, I spent months crying unto God that my worship is true to him. I wanted to know that I'm worshiping God. And in this moment, months later, his presence was so overwhelming. At times I wept, at times I rejoiced, at times I received direction, at times I received wisdom from the word. But I'm telling you, The greatest time well spent is the secret place. And I saw many lacking this here. The greatest way I give glory to the Holy Spirit is that you are benefited benefited, and you are strengthened. That you leave this place with direction. And can I be honest with you? What you do in this secret place Reflects who you are. Every moment, every moment I get, every moment I get, it's either I'm in the Word, it's either I'm behind the secret place. You have to train yourself to be godly. You have to discipline yourself. Discipline leads to obedience, and obedience leads to responsibility. Now, that was from the Holy Spirit. Discipline leads to obedience, and obedience leads to responsibility. God can trust you with His Spirit and with the people. And if there's anything the body is lacking today, it's discipline. From the old man to the new man. And so many people, they're relying on sermons to get them past. They're relying on Bible studies to rejuvenate them or refresh them. And you will get this. But I share with you the truth. God has written your book before the foundation of the universe and it's up to you to search it out so the Holy Spirit really pressed this in my heart and it wouldn't leave many people have left the presence especially through the break it's like they're agitated, their flesh is agitated and frustrated go back to this area The Bible says his mercy is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Start again. The past is the past. Let it go. Move forward. And one thing also, I will not look down at your weakness. If you've heard me preaching for these years, I don't feed your weakness. I shine a light of where we must go. I don't like to speak flesh to flesh. I like to speak from heavenly places down I will not look down at your weaknesses I will never compare or have a different approach in my heart of where you are struggling in any way but I'll share with you where you need to be because if I speak flesh to flesh you've achieved nothing but if I speak direction of where you need to go you always climb up to that direction so bless you all, and you can be seated. Sorry, I kept you up for this long. Oh <laughs> bless you all. Thank you for coming. So, in other words, what I was sharing here, in other words, what I was sharing here now. What matters most is what you do secretly. Please understand this. I can come here and and put a show for you. (laughs) I can come and put a great show for you. I'll tell you something that's so deep to God. How the spirit yearns for us in jealousy that we seek his face. And I share with you that what completes you as a believer. What you do secretly is naturally revealed to you openly. Meaning the time that you spend with the spirit cannot be hidden. Revelation, joy, direction... The will of God, His power, everything manifest. I can't. I don't tell people anymore what happens every week with me because it's part of my nature now. In the beginning, healings and miracles they used to um, really uplift me, but now it's part of our nature, and we still have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong, but what how I operate in the spirit now to what I did before, it's completely different. That's what I have to expect, because when I preach the gospel, there is power. But before that, I learned one major key, not about the power, not about signs and wonders, not about the messages I give people, not about the word of knowledge, not about the wisdom he shows me in his word, that my worship is true to him. In this secret place, or I've deceived myself. Can you please understand this? If there's anything I can tell with you, you will never lose in this place. Psalms 91 begins. How? How does Psalms 91 begin? He who dwells in a secret place will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. His presence is there. No devil can infiltrate this area. No plan the enemy has for you can infiltrate this area. Learn, learn the source of life, his presence, secret place. Amen. This is my heart now every day. The greatest way you can learn the secret place is time well spent with God. You know if your journey is fake or if your journey is true, sorry to say it like this. But you know if your journey is fake or your journey is true, time well spent. If everything is a force for you to be in the Word, a force to pray, and you feel like you have the busiest timetable, you've missed the mark. Are we understanding? Okay. So the, the Holy Spirit gave me another prophetic word, but this one was regarding schools. And I have to share it. I waited on God, and he wants me to share it. Okay? As you know how I operate, whatever I hear, I tell you. Nothing added, nothing taken away. God showed me a word of what's going to happen with all the schools regarding I don't know if it was outside of New South Wales, but I saw in New South Wales what was going to happen. And can I tell you something? God showed me where Satan is working most, where he's building his kingdom and his empire. God showed me. Unfortunately, whatever God shows me, I have to speak. I don't know about the outcome, but all I know is that we can overcome by faith. Our victory is overcoming by faith okay it's not to put fear into anyone's heart but it's to show you before you hear it in the media before you see it in the schools the holy spirit spoke it first meaning he is in control and we trust him okay so the holy spirit the holy spirit showed me an attack like never before against schools they're going to attack the curriculum and the education with so much teaching that is against Christ. He's going to remove so much of the Christian teachers out of the school so they can so so whatever they are planning, it can succeed. This is where he's working now. I saw children in a dream walking in a deep rebellion. They were teaching how to become an antichrist in your heart and your mind and how to live life without God. And this is an attack that's like never before. We're going to see it clearly of what the enemy is doing. You're going to see it clearly of what he's doing. And what what they're doing now, they're removing so much of, of Christian values and his word and his teaching and the teachers in the school so their plan can succeed. Okay, so the Holy Spirit showed me something. When I saw that, this attack is going to happen. The good news about it is that they have parents who are godly. they have parents that are godly we can train them up in the way of the lord and they will never depart from it it's our duty like never before to watch our children and teach them spiritually i can't tell you what i saw in the dream such a rebellion such a a wild and reckless living was based out of the children and they were And whoever was opposing their belief system of the ones that were rebelling, they were bullying them. So I share with you that the enemy's greatest plan is to take out so many Christian teachers from the school so his plot can succeed. But God showed me it's a responsibility of the parents now to train them and to teach them. Believe me, we cannot trust in them not to have a mind of fear, but we can trust God that we are the gatekeepers and we can protect them spiritually, mentally, physically. And God will give us continuous direction. But he shared this when I was on a, on a break, resting. He shared with me of what the enemy is doing next. And that means that you have to get your act in order as a parent to spend time with your children and teach them the word of God, teach them godly principles and lead them into truth. Parents must get the act in order. Okay? Don't be discouraged. Take this as a blessing because God is telling you now, spend time with your children or you will lose them. I saw this clearly, and when God speaks to me, it's clear, whether you believe or not, this is what's going to happen. It's not, a go- it's not the govern- governments that have influenced this, it's Satan himself. And the next attack, the next attack is the schools. He crushed the people's hearts, and he's coming against the children now. And I released a prophetic word many months ago. I got taken into the parliament house. And they were plotting how how they're going to find the ways to injure the people mentally and spiritually. They were finding ways how they can oppress them. I saw it. I got taken inside the parliament. We have the victory. We have Christ as our defender. We don't have to be afraid. I tell you this now, we have the victory. As long as you are planted in the secret place, you're spending time in his presence, believe me, these things won't bother you. Because we know the coming of the Lord, he'll come in dark times, when everything is chaotic and people have lost the fear of God. He's going to come in that season, and we're going towards that place. But you can have faith to overcome. Okay. Don't be afraid. But out of this whole prophetic word that I got, God was pinpointing the parents' duty and responsibility to sit with their children and teach them about the Lord and to pray over them and ask God's Holy Spirit to protect them, God's angels, to guard them wherever they go. You have a duty now. All the parents here. Because Satan, he's ruthless. He'll do anything at any age to attack the children Okay Thank God that's out of my chest So that was since the last prophetic word was maybe six months ago But God is in control it's best to hear it from him first, so we don't get discouraged when we see these things. Believe me. Okay. Okay. So make a day every week maybe even more than uh, one day, sit with your children and let them speak. You can see where their minds are and where their hearts are. You can see what they're learning. Let them speak. We've done this, me and my wife, every Friday. We sit with our children now and we pray over them. We ask them what, we, what, what, the, what, what you need so we can ask the Holy Spirit to help them in this area. And it's amazing what they're saying. And it's amazing... <laughs> It's amazing what they ask God for They're so innocent and pure but, but the enemy wants to attack this area So spend time with your children For the parents here that have children Don't be fee minded Don't be suspicious and don't look at what the enemy is going to do next at the schools and Get worked up for nothing Have faith, build them up, God will do the rest Okay? Don't start studying about the governments and looking at all these teachers and principals and start Don't Do a profile check and all this stuff (laughs) Don't, please Then they'll say, Rab said the prophetic word Don't be fee minded Don't feel in your heart like there's a disaster ready, ready to happen that you're going to be overprotective because that's a form of fear. Yeah. A form of fear being overprotective. You pray in faith, you teach him in faith, you do as best as you can and your responsibility God's given you to protect them, God will do the rest. That's it. That's it. That 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 topic's closed now. Okay. So the opposition of purity, the Holy Spirit took me into this direction now. What's the opposition of purity? I think it's I think best I think best is that we speak about the opposition of purity because then you can see. (coughs) Something that blessed my heart from Psalms, I think Psalms fifty one. It says, Create in me a pure heart, O God. Yes. For a person to reach this area and pray this prayer, he can see the flaws and cracks in his heart. Yes? For a a person to pray this prayer, that means his eyes are on his heart. He blessed me to, to see the psalm like this. That's the doorway of humility. For a person to see his heart and to observe his heart and his mind and pray that prayer, he is ready Coming to God, wanting his heart to be pured or cleansed. Yes? For a person to pray that prayer, he's come to terms that God needs to cleanse his heart. God needs to work on his heart. I believe so many Christians, when they come to the Lord, they lack in this area. I'm so busy in the Word of God because I know the direction God is teaching me. But in the beginning, in the beginning... If it's not built right in that foundation, you will lack for the future. I shared last week that God using you as a vessel for His glory and His purpose is determines how you've purified yourself. Yes? God loves everyone, yes, yeah can he use everyone? No that's the sad that's the sad part that I see in Christians today. God loves everyone, but he can't use everyone. Why were you put on earth? You were created before the foundation of the universe. You were ordained to do good works unto Christ. When you know this, you have a purpose and a responsibility to watch your life. Watch every step. The psalmist, what he say in the wisdom of God, teach us to number our days. Why? Because the days are evil, meaning that every day, every day you spend outside the presence of God, the enemy is redesigning your soul and your mind for this earth. Believe me. I I don't know how to think now. What my life would be without the presence, without the word of God, without fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because the moment you leave this area is the moment the enemy starts to write another story in your heart. So imagine all the people here, they're they're not uh, disciplined to spend time in his word. What the Bible says, as newborn babes, Crave the spiritual milk of the word so that you may grow thereby. So imagine you sit every day without the word, absorbing you as for a person who just began in their journey. You don't give the Holy Spirit a chance to wash you and to cleanse you. Imagine you don't pray in the Holy Spirit. You don't give the Holy Spirit a chance to build you on the most holiest faith. You have to understand what you keep away from is always fulfilled with something else. You can't just keep away from God with, it, and you stay the same. Something else is poured into you. Do you, you understand? So by you, by you not taking the present serious in your life or by you not disciplining your old habits to spend time with Christ, you're actually pouring out something else in you And the Bible tells you very clearly about this. Okay. So when I understood why Jesus Christ died, I started to understand what area I need to work on. Yes? Remember I quoted the scripture last week, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That word there is to discern God. Meaning when you walk in the purity of God, you'll be able to discern His ways. So the most important thing, I showed you so many scriptures last week about the purity of Christ. That's our foundation as Christians. That's the area we need to focus on. Because God doesn't want to communicate with bitterness, pride, anger, jealousy. He cannot commune in your heart with this. Yes, you can, you can identify and confess it, but you stay in that person. God cannot commune in this area. He cannot. And so many people do a good job of covering all those things with the carpet. He can't communion with with this. So when the man said, create me a pure heart, he saw what's underneath. And the enemy loves for you to hide it in darkness. The enemy loves for you to not share it with God or share it with the body of Christ. You know why? Because he loves to hold you in captivity. He loves. He, his greatest work is darkness. If you can hide it in your soul, you'll be a slave to it. So when I understood that God had to work on the purity of my heart, it was not about sin anymore. It was a deeper work. Sin is not the issue. I spoke about it last year. Iniquity is. Iniquity is. In the Greek, it's when you turn off the truth. So, so you, you're sinning because of iniquity, because you're turning off the truth in your heart. So the issue is not sin itself, it's iniquity. It comes from unbelief. So I started to go deeper into this area. The Bible talks about vanity, vanity, meaningless. He shows you the area that God has to touch, and so many people are lacking in this area. They sin, they ask for forgiveness. No, it's not about this. You know, let's read time scripture. I heard so many people, or the message that I've been hearing for a long time, that Jesus died for my sins. It's bigger than that. It's greater than that. So I'll read the scripture from, we'll go to Titus, I'll read it very quickly, Titus chapter 2, verse 1 to 15, it's in the Amplified. No, can I get it. All right, we'll we'll read it. Titus chapter two, verse one to fifteen. I read it. I I wrote it down, so I'm safe. Titus chapter two, verse one to fifteen. This is Paul's teachings. <clears throat> but as for you, teach the things which are in agreement with sound doctrine which produces men and women of good character, whose lifestyle identifies them as true Christians. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in steadfastness, Christ-like in character. Older men, similar, are to be reverent in their behavior, not not malicious, gossips, nor addicted to much wine, teaching what is right and good. So that they may encourage the young women to tenderly love their husbands and their children to be sensible, pure, makers of a home where God is honored, good-natured, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Now, isn't it interesting here that you can dishonor Christ, you can dishonor the Holy Spirit, you can also dishonor the word of God. Now, it's interesting here. That the Christian has to be sound in doctrine. Many are lacking in this area. I'm going to preach about it. What completes a Christian? Here is telling you to be in agreement with sound doctrine. When I'm correcting people, people, people look at me sometimes funny. And I said, my friend, this is what the Word of God says. And I don't use it against you, I use it so you can get restored. But I think God wants to bring order. In this area of our life So so you can dishonor also the word of God It shows you How strong you have to be in the word What does the Bible say? To rightly handle the word of truth So God's name will not be put to shame Anyways let's keep reading in a similar way, urge the young men to be sensible and self-controlled and to behave wisely, taking life seriously. And in all things, show yourself to be an example of good works with purity in doctrine, having the strictest regard for integrity and truth, dignified, sound and beyond reproach in instruction, so that the opponent of the faith will be shamed, having nothing bad to say about her. Urge bond servants to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be pleasing and not to talk back, not stealing things regardless of their value, but proving themselves trustworthy, so that in every respect they will adorn and do credit to the teaching of God our Saviour. For the remarkable, undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, Now he's showing you why Jesus appeared. Pay attention. For the remarkable undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly immoral desires and to live sensible, upright and godly lives, lives with a purpose that reflects spiritual maturity. Now God's ambition is that we reach a place of spiritual maturity that is every destination for a believer. Many, many don't get to this area, unfortunately because of the world. And I will share this. Awaiting, awaiting and confidently expecting the fulfillment of our blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour Christ Jesus. Second coming. Jesus is going to come. You know this? Jesus is going to come. Nothing else left. I tell myself this every day. The enemy will not talk to you about Jesus coming because you'll take your life seriously. Really. He will not tell you that you're going to die and you'll be put to a place of judgment. Because what I love about the Bible and Revelation, every believer is judged at the end of their journey. Meaning, the way Jesus measures your faith on earth, not how you begun, how you finished. It's a, a read. So many people got uncomfortable when I said this. But Jesus judges your journey. How you finished So many people can start well Luke chapter 8 tells you They heard the word of joy They went away and said And stole it from their hearts So they don't believe It's not how you start It's how you finish Okay Now look at this now He tells you He died and the, un, the remarkable undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The first stage of you truly receiving the grace of God, rejecting ungodliness. You see? So let's say someone rejects ungodliness and remains in his lifestyle. He's not a believer, according to the Bible. You better take your life serious. And this is not a fake tactic, it's the truth. It's actually the truth. You better take your life serious. Because Satan, what is he? He's the accuser of the brethren night and day. He wants to trap you in sin and be a slave to sin. So the first stage of you receiving the remarkable undeserved grace of God, what does it teach you? To reject ungodliness. Now look here. Awaiting and confidently expecting the fulfillment of our blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus, who willingly gave himself to be crucified on our behalf, to redeem us and to purchase our freedom from all wickedness. You must understand why he died. He died to release you from something. And so many people want to still hold on to that. Now look what it says here, and to purify for himself a chosen and very special people to be his own possession. You see, you were called to do great and marvelous things for Christ. But what's the first stage? Rejecting ungodliness. Look what it says here, it teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly immoral desires and to live sensible, upright, and godly lives with a purpose that reflects spiritual maturity. What is spiritual maturity? When you have rejected ungodliness, rejected the things of the world, that's how God sees spiritual maturity. What does the believer do today? Lord, give me the Holy Spirit. I want to be your vessel on earth. Wrong. Reject ungodliness. Close the doors in your heart of the old man, the old ways the old thoughts. And then then God promotes you to this area. Pride tells you, "Seek, seek the gifts, the signs and the wonders for a believer that first begins. Humility tells you, seek your heart. I want you to understand, make no mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. He promotes you to a place where the enemy has no more footstool over your heart. No more areas where he keeps tossing you back and forth. He wants to do things right. And he's not an author of confusion in the church. He's not, but of truth. So when I understood, when I understood the area that God wanted me to focus on, you know what i done? I opened that door for him. And everything started to open up. Things that I've never seen started to open up in my mind and my heart. But it was the process of the Holy Spirit. I didn't get discouraged because I knew the work that God has to do in my heart. I didn't lack in this area where I was burnt out, where I was discouraged, where I ran out of fuel, because I knew the process. When you understand the process that Christ has what he needs to do in your heart, you will fight it out to the end. So why did Jesus Christ die? Number one, reject ungodliness and worldly immoral desires. To purify himself as a chosen, very special people to be his own possession. Who are enthusiastic for for doing what is good. Tell them these things. Encourage and rebuke with full authority. Let no one disregard or despise you. Conduct yourself and your teaching so as to command respect. So you see the word of God, it's clear. And people say, well, look, this is instruction. This is the way to Christ. You don't wake up with a special potion and you're the hands and feet of Christ, which we all want to be. It doesn't happen like this. I learned the process. My prayer life changed when I understood this, when I learned the process. No more God, give me. No more God, use me. Prepare me. Everything changed. Prepare my heart, Lord. Search my heart. Everything changed. The most important thing as a, as a, as a spiritual believer is your prayer life and the Word of God. So many people approach God, give me, let me do instead of prepare. When I understood the process of preparation in my heart, I underwent that process. Anyways, let's keep going. That was a long scripture. We go to Acts chapter 15, and I'll get to the... I think it's verse 9. Okay, hang on a second. I'll get it. I'll get it on the the board. Do we have X? You have that? Oh yeah. Go to eight, please. One more. Okay. Now Paul was uh um Peter. Peter was having. Okay, this is from Paul's teachings. Look what it says here. They're having a discussion. They're having a discussion. And they're telling them the whole reason why Jesus Christ died. And let's, let's read it. I bypassed um, seven verses just so I have enough time. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe so we are gentiles God who knows their heart showed that the acceptance of them by giving the holy spirit to them just as he did to us now now stop this is very important for you to know look look why he gave you the holy spirit the the i feel like the the church it's a uh, It's pinpointed on being a vessel for God. Look why he gave the Holy Spirit. Just as he did to us. Next one. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Why did he give you the Holy Spirit? Purify your heart. (laughs) Yeah, you see that? Why is the Holy Spirit given to us? To purify our hearts. He's explaining to them why the Holy Spirit was given. Now you see your prayer life? You see the direction you need to go with God? He gave the Holy Spirit to purify your heart. Naturally, when your heart is purified, you'll be a vessel for God. You don't have to force your prayer. You don't have to force your way in the kingdom of God. You, you, you're in this place already. Yes. Yes or no? I don't think anyone saying no. No, I'm not anyway. Why was the Holy Spirit given to the believer? As a deposit guaranteeing our salvation, the Holy Spirit has a responsibility from God to do what? Purify your heart. So what does does Satan do? Your life on earth. What does he do? You're going to see. You're going to see what he's been doing throughout the whole world in the Bible. From time in the beginning to now. Satan knows this. That the Holy Spirit was given to you to purify your heart. So, what does he do? He keeps you impure in this world. The enemy knows this. They're having a talk outside, I think. A bit boring. The enemy knows this. The enemy knows why the Holy Spirit was given to you. Do you actually know why he was given to you? Because you would focus on this area. Naturally, when you focus on this area, you're a walking epistle. Naturally. You're moving in his glory, in his presence. Naturally, you don't have to force nothing. The Holy Spirit's there. Yes? Very important you know this. Now, the Lord showed me this scripture about why the Holy Spirit was given. Isn't that amazing? That that you begin to see, wow, God wants to do a deeper work in me. And then you start to see all the opponents that you loved, that brought you security, that brought you comfort, and they are false. (laughs) You start to see them. You start to see them, they were false. False. And I'll show you from the scripture. <coughs> okay. I hope no one's uncomfortable. Let's go to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 to 3. Someone will keep saying, you always speak about the enemy. Yeah. The Bible does. because once you're out of the grips of the enemy god can begin to take hold of you in the beginning whose grips are you in unfortunately the god of this world that has blinded the mind of the believers so they don't believe and see the glory of christ second corinthians 4 4. okay let's go to second corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 to 3 now this is paul Teaching us a treasure here. Okay. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse one to three. The reason why I ch- chose the Amplified Bible it's because it gives it a greater description. And if there's any words that need to be sourced out in the Greek, um, I also oversee that too. So I hope you trust me. <clears throat> I wish you would bear with me while I indulge in a little foolishness. But indeed, you are bearing with me as you read this. I am jealous for you with a godly jealous, because I have promised you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and led away, from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now you see the purity of God. you may you may see like how all of a sudden I'm starting to see all these scriptures. It's because the whole, we're in the season now that the Holy Spirit is pinpointing of what direction He wants us to go. Okay. Now he brings, up, he brings up the serpent. He doesn't say Satan. And he brings up Eve. So there's a connection here of how the serpent works in a believer's life. To, to beguiled Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. What's his main target? What's his main target? Your mind. Okay, you're going to see a pressure here. Okay. The Greek word for serpent, unfortunately, is office. Is that right, Tommy? It's deeper Greek. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Offiz, if I pronounce it right. The Strongs, whoever wants to follow me, the Strongs is um, 3789. Okay. So he says here, so I'm talking about the purity of Christ. He's saying here that serpents beguiled Eve by his cunningness. Okay. He's showing us how the believer falls into the trap of the serpent. Okay, the Greek here, the word is "office," and you know what it, of the sharpness of vision. He attacks your vision. Okay, but it's deeper, but I'm going to read about it. He attacks your eyes. In Genesis chapter three, verse six, very quickly. So, as you know, I preach for two hours, unfortunately. I hope you're. Please uh, don't fall asleep on me. So when the woman saw, saw he, he makes you attractive to what your eye can see. We know this, that we don't walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. So look what it says here. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, good for the flesh, the works of the flesh, you see, that it was pleasant to the eyes. And the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate, unfortunately. So I just want to show you a connection. Go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 to 10. Again, the devil took him up on a very high mountain and showed him. Showed him. Where did Jesus, where did Jesus preach from? a high mountain in the Beatitudes. The same way Jesus, Satan takes you to the same platform in your heart to, to show you the kingdom of the world and the glory, the splendor, the magnificence and excellence of them. And he said to him, All these things I'll give to you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, and forever remains you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, now I'm going to take you somewhere, because you're going to see the deeper schemes of the enemy. In how he holds the believer captive. Let's go again. Uh, we'll stop there. Okay. The word, the word showed him, or the word showed. It's only the word showed, but I'm saying it in a sentence. The word showed him, is dekanu, dekanua. And the Strongs for whoever is following is Strongs 1166. And this will shock you because here you will learn how the enemy allows you to fall and worship the world. You ready? I I shared this last year, but it was for a different teaching. Now look here. The word showed, so when Satan took Jesus and showed him the kingdom of this world, there's a mystery here. The word showed him is dekanua. It refers to to expose to the eyes, to give evidence or proof of a thing, and to show by words or teaching. So when Satan took Jesus there, what was he doing? He wasn't doing it a one-off thing. He was teaching him about the world. you understand? He's teaching him, meaning the way that Satan operates in this world He teaches you about the world. It's not a one-off thing. He teaches you slowly and slowly to trust the world and let that be your security. Are you with me? So the way that the enemy works to expose to the eyes, meaning he trains, he trains you, he trains you and teaches you about the world so ready the meaning of Decanua is to build a structure of the world in you satan his design is to build a structure in this world that god can't fulfill you and protect you and Apply for you in this area. Go to first John chapter two verse fifteen to seventeen. Look what it says here. I'm I'm telling I'm showing you how how your purity towards Christ is taken away. Do not love the world of sin that opposes God and his precepts nor the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So what does Satan do? He teaches the structure of this world. For all that is in the world, the lust and the sensual craving of the flesh, remember Eve, he was pleasant to the body, same thing with Jesus, and the lust and longing of the eyes and the boastful pride of, of life, pretentious confidence, In one's resources or in the stability of the earthly things. Now look here. Look here at what the enemy does. He's very crafty. Okay, look at this word here. This one blows up the whole scripture. Satan's greatest desire is to allow you to enter a place where you feel like you're stable in the earth. So think about it now. If you want to live your life, how do you feel stable? The first thing many people will say, their job or their bank account. (laughs) It's true. Many people's security is their bank account. The Lord wants it to be him. So you start to see how much the world's in you? You start to see how much the world has, uh, how much Satan has built the world and the system in this world. So what you do, you work. You're a slave to work. You're tireless with many sacrifices so you can achieve this stability. You see that? How many people here have an ambition and desire to be stable on Earth? Don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has its own troubles of its own. Jesus didn't even ask you to operate like this. And, and this is the gospel, but it shows you. It shows you how the enemy has crept into people's minds and built a structure, or the greatest structure in a person's mind is that they want to reach a place of stability in the world. Can that ever be fulfilled? Can this ever be fulfilled? The Bible says, no, it cannot. It cannot be fulfilled. I'm going to read it for you. So Satan Satan attacks your eyes, which is something deeper. He attacks your eyes, and he puts you in the realm of the world or the lust of the world so you can thrive to reach a place of stability where really... You're in opposition of God's will. You're you're in the opposite path of Christ. So Satan will allow you to enter a place, enter a place to reach a place of stability where you naturally can't fulfill that place. It's a never-ending, it's a never-ending void that can be fulfilled. Now look here what Proverbs says. I'll read it to you. You have to understand what, how God sees purity and how Satan traps the people today. How many people here are slaves slave to their work, a slave to time? That's how you know the enemy trapped you. Because to worship God and to be in the presence of God and to do his will and to operate in the way of the Spirit, God needs your time. So, so how do people believe today, unfortunately? I'll work my ass off. I'll come to a place where I'm stable. Then I will serve God. I'll work. You don't know what you've done to your spirit. You've injured yourself. Everything inside of you has decayed. Why? Because you've took things in your own trust. The enemy, you understand? So many people, you don't even give a chance for the Holy Spirit to work in their life. Because where there's stability, there is control. So many people are controlling their life. Can you see? Can you see it? Where there's stability, there is control. Where there is control, there is fear. And then you go in a vicious cycle and you think, what's wrong with me? Why is every door closing? Because God's saying, let me in. Let me in. God's saying, let me in. Let me show you who I am. Believe me, let me show you who I am. But so many believers from their old nature and their old thought process don't give him the chance. The Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their children begging for bread. It's true. I will never uh, compromise with God's kingdom and the father's will in my life. I learned that. I'm content. The greatest blessing. Because when I'm content, I can offer my time for God. It's not forced. It's not forced labor. Anyways, look at this here. The same way he attacked Eve, the same way he attacks Jesus, the same way John preached about it in the end of his uh, walk with Christ. With stability comes control. With control comes, what's that, sorry? Fear, you see? And guess what happens when low, your bank count is low? Fear comes again. You work harder and harder and harder. You're content again. Your bank goes again. Oh, what's happening with me? And you're in this cycle. God, show me, let me be your father. So how many people are enticed by the enemy? How many people have stepped outside the purity of Christ? That's the greatest way we hurt Christ. Satan knows this. He wants us to hurt God. The way you hurt God, you don't trust him. You see? You see? With control, where there is control, your time is consumed. Make no mistake, your time is consumed. And the Bible says, wherever your heart is, yeah, wherever your treasure is, there your heart is. Make no mistake, the enemy knows this. The Holy Spirit was called to purify you. Given to cleanse your heart. Cleanse your heart from what? From yourself, from control, from the world. But the way that the world allows us to see, money is security. Yes, there are rich people in the Bible. Yes, we know this. But God wants you to trust him. When you trust him, you become intimate with him. So the enemy knows the longing of the eyes, and that can be for many things. I came out of a broken family, bankrupt at 18. I know how the enemy tried to entice me in this area. You know, the moment I went after God's kingdom, the moment blessings fell on me. I have a responsibility, yes, and I treat it with all respect. But the moment I went after the kingdom, seek the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, everything else will be added to you. That's Jesus' words himself. It's the truth. I'm a witness of this. I've had trials, I had challenges. In this way, God's always pushed me through. But I went after him. I went after his will. I went after his time. Everything worked for the good, for those who love him. It's true. But you see the enemy, how he gets people? Control, stability. Stability uh, thrives for time, control, controls your life. You begin to see now, who's controlling my life? You begin to see. So look here. The enemy knows that if he can attack your eyes, which is something deeper that I'm going to finish Eyes, you will never be satisfied. You will think... I'll be happy when I have this. I'll be content when my house is paid off. I'll be content when I get this contract for work. I'll be content when I have this type of blessing. The enemy knows that the, that the eyes of a believer can never be satisfied if he's controlling it. So look what it says here. Proverbs 27 verse 19 to 21. It says, as in water reflects face, so the heart of man reflects man. Sheol, the place of the dead, and Abaddon, the underworld, are never satisfied. Nor are the eyes of man ever satisfied. Once the enemy allows you to thrive for stability, you will never be satisfied. Are you understanding? So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want to preach that bottom scripture. But it's okay. But Sheol, the place of the dead, and Abaddon, the underworld, are never satisfied, nor are the eyes of man ever satisfied. They're satisfied when you surrender to Christ Jesus. Okay. So look at this here. Let's go to Psalms. Psalms 101 verse 1 to 7 I want to show you the doorway I want to show you the doorway to the enemy so you can see it says I will sing of mercy and justice to you O Lord I will sing praises I will behave wisely in a perfect way oh when will you come to me I will walk in with my, with I uh, walk in within my house with a perfect heart I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Now look at the doorway here of the enemy, how he attacks the believer. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. How does the falling away happen? What you set your eye on. But there is a deeper meaning here. Look. How the enemy entices the eye. And it says, I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Now we'll stop that scripture. And I'll close off. Now, the word eyes. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you the issue now that believers have. The word eyes in the Greek is of talamos right I think I'm pronouncing it better in uh, of talamos sounds sounds like it <laughs> <laughs> So it's the strongs it's the throng, the strongs three seven eight eight okay you' ready for the meaning the enemy attacked Eve the enemy attacked Jesus. The enemy attacked everyone in the New Testament, and you know how he attacked them. You ready? The word eyes in the Greek means the eyes of your mind. You see the target? How the enemy keeps you trapped, the eyes of your mind. Now, let's quickly, you begin to see now, the gateway to purity begins with my thought process to the gateway, I'm telling you. So your mind your mind has eyes. Your mind has eyes. I'm not talking about this third eye rubbish thing. But but your 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 eyes have a mind and the enemy knows this. It can go he can go for Christ, It can go for the enemy. But you must know this now. So the issue, the issue with people, there's two issues here I'm going to speak about. The issues with people here is their thought process. They're not able to discern and take every thought captive to the mind and obedience of Christ that they may punish every disobedient thought. That's the first issue. So lack of knowledge destroys my people, yes? The first issue, there's another issue but I'll speak about it at the end. Now, can I have um, those scriptures? Um, Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. We've all read this scripture, the NIV version. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Next one. Look Look why Paul wrote this. Paul wrote this for a reason. Because what happened in the wilderness with Jesus, he's showing you it's a teaching. It's a pattern. You see it now? Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. The world teaches you to follow it and serve it and let it be your master. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see how the enemy traps people? Many people believe what I think is who I am. It's not the truth. It's what God says, who you are. And the more you spend time in the Word, the more God washes you and cleanses you. And guess what happens? You have the mind of Christ. Can the enemy penetrate this area? Can you struggle in this area? No, because you have the mind of Christ. But for you to have the mind of Christ, what has to be emptied? The pattern of this world. You see, something, for something to be fulfilled, something else has to leave. And so many people are happy to have both of them. Bit of the world, bit of God. It sounds good, yeah. Sounds good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Where does the enemy attack? The eyes of your thought process, the eyes of your mind. And he knows how many people are discouraged and condemned and unworthy and slaves to this world. It's because your thought process hasn't been identified with God. Look what it says here about the enemy. Look at the first target. The, look how the enemy keeps... Believers in bondage. Look at the first area that he attacks. He doesn't say he attacks his heart. Because you can have thoughts. They can be true or they can be false. You can siphon them for the truth and it will fall into your heart. Faith is released to God. But what goes on here is the greatest war. Especially in the beginning of your journey. Look, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest they the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. This is from the New King James. Now where does he attack the enemy? Your mind. And people say, this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm feeling. They haven't discerned the enemy. So so many people are emotionally and mentally unstable. Why? Because this is what they're hearing, another voice, unfortunately, the enemy, and they think that these feelings belong to them. They think these emotions belong to them. They think the struggles belong to them, and they live with it. They accept it. And then they play the victim, and you don't know what I'm going through, and all this stuff. You're not meant to be like this. See, when you know the Word of God, believe me, the enemy will seem him at a distance. You won't see him in your playground anymore. It makes sense so the enemy's job is to target your mind and he does this he's ruthless so me as a believer I discipline myself why? to focus on the purity of Christ, to take the enemy away from my life, no, I focus on the purity of Christ because that's my identity that's who I am and naturally the devil will leave because truth belongs to God light belongs to God so I didn't Condition my mind so the devil can be, can be away from me. I condition my mind because that's who Christ says I am. You see the difference? So many people are praying, oh, Lord, protect me from evil. And all they do is they have a fear that the devil is going to attack them. They don't pray, Lord, purify my heart. Lord, protect me from evil. Lord, protect my children. Lord, protect my finances. All they are is afraid of the devil. You get it? So when I knew my identity, to walk in truth, to walk in his likeness, guess what happened? I, tra- I conformed to the image of Christ. Naturally, the enemy has no place anymore to dine in, eat inside. Let's go to the next scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 and 16. Look at this here. Look what you are to prepare. It's the gateway Prepare your minds for action. Action against who? You begin to see the enemy. Prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ revealed live as obedient children of God do not be conformed to which is evil desires which governed you in your ignorance before you knew the requirement and transforming power of the good news regarding your salvation these are amazing scriptures but you see you see that the first encounter you have with faith what is it take every thought captive to the mind of obedience of Christ And that's for every part of your life, for his will, for the attitude of your heart, for your character, for what you think, what you feel. It all complies to the word of God. Now guess what happens if you're sloppy in the word of God and you just get a daily devotion, one scripture. Oh Lord, you're you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. There's so many one-touch Christians today. It's deception. When I knew how great the flesh and the war was in the beginning, or how I knew I better knuckle down and, and do as God says. And the Bible says His commandments, they're not burdensome. It's a beautiful place to walk in truth. It's not burdensome. It's not an obligation. When He's in you, it's all that flows from you. Look what it says. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which governed you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements and transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. Now look what it says here. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which governed you in your past. Now, what does the enemy do? In the beginning, he only throws at you what you've been a slave to in the past. He can only attack you what has attacked you with the past. If that doesn't work, he creates new ideas. But I'm telling you in the beginning, if you got attacked with fear, he'll come at fear with you again. If you got attacked with a lack, a poverty mindset, he'll come with it again. And what's the problem? The poverty mindset. What's the problem? The fear. God wants you to work in these areas because when you, when you bring these things into the light, the enemy cannot attack what's hidden anymore. So you see here, the enemy's plan, when you know what you were a slave to in the past, when you know where you've fallen short in the past, you'll close those doors. You'll be so alert that you don't fall into those areas again. Does that make sense? It says, Live as obedient children of God and do not be conformed to the evil desires which governed you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements. Why did the Holy Spirit come to you? Transforming power of the good news regarding your salvation. Every time there's salvation, there's transformation. They're not separated, they're together. But like the one, but like the, but like the holy one who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage, because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart for I am holy. When you know why God called you, you'll begin to focus on these areas. His light naturally will shine through you. It's not a forced prayer. It's not a consistent, Lord, use me. Lord, uh, do these things through me. Lord, give me a word. Lord, let me do things for your kingdom. You walk in it naturally. They're yours. And next scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 6. For those who are living according to their flesh, set their minds. You see, it all happens in your thought process. The enemy attacks the eyes of your mind. He allows you to desire sin. He allows you to desire the world, and it becomes uh, fruitful in your heart. It becomes something that feeds you and gives you something. So look what it says here. For those who are living according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit, His will and purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is life, peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God, both now and forever. Last scripture, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 9. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You see the enemy? He wants you to meditate on something else. And then you begin to see that the gateway of the serpent entrapping God's people and making them a slave to this world, it's because they haven't discerned in their thoughts where it's coming from. Does that make sense? So bless you all. Um, Thanks for listening. It's so important that you understand how to proclaim and to receive the victory in your heart. Your thoughts are the gateway for the enemy to keep you in your old desires, the old man or your thoughts through the word of God is a gateway for you to progress into the person God called you to be. It's so important you, can, you spend time in God's word to renew your mind. It's so important you get to know the word of God about why he called you and we learned this Purity. To be blameless and pure in the midst of a crooked and a warped generation. He showed you. And this is the truth. If you're looking for something else, this not, this place is not for you. This is the truth. God wants this in your heart. Because when you have this in your heart, you're complete. You walk in his shadow. You walk in his presence. You'll be transformed. You won't go through these problems anymore. Believe me. So bless you all, and I pray by God's grace that you receive this in your heart. Amen? Okay, let's pray. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Father. We give you all the glory, Father, for your living word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Jesus Christ, we worship you and we honor you and we love you, Lord. Lord Jesus, if there's any prayer that reaches your heart today through your throne room of grace by the sprinkling of the blood, I pray, Father, that you create in us a pure heart. Give us the grace to be conformed into your image. Thank you for your compassion and mercy. you've been so patient with us aligning us to your truth which brings change we love you lord and we thank you lord you said when two or more agree on something on earth it shall be done in heaven i pray father that you create in us a pure bride a heart that loves god a heart that walks truthfully with you thank you lord we pray this prayer lord you're the god of the living and we pray by faith in Jesus' name that you change your hearts. Help us. The disciples said, then who then can be saved? You said, what's impossible with man, it's possible with you. Change your hearts, Lord. Only you can do this. Thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. We worship you, Jesus. You're the King of kings, the lords of lords. And thank you for giving us the truths. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us what's so important to the heart of the Father. Thank you, Jesus Christ. You are the Son of God and we worship you. And we rest as sons and daughters today in Christ. But I pray from today, Lord, that you help us with our unbelief. That you help us with our weaknesses. That you help us become the image of your Son, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, both seen and unseen. And today, Lord, I pray by the spirit of grace that they are released and they are seated with you in heavenly places. In Jesus' name, we seal this prayer. Amen. Hallelujah.